Today is September the 11th. Today, we hear the story of Jehoshaphat. Reading through the Bible in a year today, I'd like you to read 2 Chronicles 17 to 19. Now, we've said repeatedly that uh, in uh, the book of Chronicles, the purpose is to talk about Judah and just Judah. Because of that, the history of Israel's kings, the history of the northern kingdom, is dropped from the story. Since that's dropped, we drop also the ministry of Elijah and Elisha. They were prophets who ministered primarily in the northern kingdom. So uh, Jehoshaphat, who is, Second uh, Kings talks a good bit about him, but Second Chronicles expands that even more. Jehoshaphat's story is uh, 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 built up uh, Jehoshaphat, um, uh, sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 17, verse 10. The fear of the Lord fell over all the surrounding kingdoms so that none of them wanted to declare war on Jehoshaphat. Uh, uh, we, we don't get that sense in Second Kings. But uh, if you leave out the northern kingdom and uh, your purpose is to build up what's happening in Judah, then uh, you'll get statements like this. Now, uh, chapter 18, Jehoshaphat and Ahab band together to fight some surrounding nations. And uh, we have that story in 2 Kings, uh, uh, 1 Kings chapter 22. But in chapter 19, the reforms of Jehoshaphat, these aren't mentioned at all. One of the reasons it's important to mention them, look at verse 8 in Jerusalem. Jehoshaphat appointed some of the Levites and priests and clan leaders to Israel to serve as judges. Why is that important? Because after the exile, the priests also served as judges over Israel. So they trace back the historical development of that. Enjoy today as you read Second Chronicles 17 to 19. Second Chronicles 17 through 19, New Living Translation, Second Chronicles 17. Then Jehoshaphat, Asha's son, became the next king. He strengthened Judah to stand against any attack from Israel. He stationed troops in all the fortified towns of Judah, and he assigned additional garrisons to the land of Judah and to the towns of Ephraim that his father Asha had captured. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father's early years and did not worship the images of Baal. He sought his father's God and obeyed his commands instead of following the evil practices of the kingdom of Israel. So the Lord established Jehoshaphat's control over the kingdom of Judah. All the people of Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat, so he became very wealthy and highly esteemed. He was deeply committed to the ways of the Lord. He removed the pagan shrines and Asherah poles from Judah 
In the third year of his reign, Jehoshaphat sent his officials to teach all the towns of Judah. These officials were Ben-Hail, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathanel, and Micaiah. He sent Levites along with them, including Shemaiah, Nathaniah, Zebediah, Asahel, Shemaramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tabataniah. He also sent out the priests Elishama and Jehoram. They took copies of the book of the law of the Lord and traveled around through all the towns of Judah, teaching the people. Then the fear of the Lord fell over all the surrounding kingdoms so that none of them wanted to declare war against Jehoshaphat. Some of the Philistines brought him gifts and silver as tribute, and the Arabs brought 7,700 rams and 7,700 male goats. So Jehoshaphat became more and more powerful and built fortresses and storage cities throughout Judah. He stored numerous supplies in Judah's towns and stationed an army of seasoned troops at Jerusalem. His army was enrolled according to ancestral clans. From Judah, there were 300,000 troops organized in units of 1,000 under the command of Abna. Next in command was Jehoanan, who commanded 280,000 troops. Next was Amasiah, son of Zikri, who volunteered for the Lord's service with 200,000 troops under his command. From Benjamin, there were 200,000 troops equipped with bows and shields. They were under the command of Eliada, a veteran soldier. Next in command was Jehozabad, who commanded 180,000 armed men. These were the troops stationed in Jerusalem to serve the king, besides those Jehoshaphat stationed in the fortified towns throughout Judah. Second Chronicles 18 Jehoshaphat enjoyed great riches and high esteem, and he made an alliance with Ahab of Israel by having his son marry Ahab's daughter. A few years later he went to Samaria to visit Ahab, who prepared a great banquet for him and his officials. They butchered great numbers of sheep, goats, and cattle for the feast. Then Ahab enticed Jehoshaphat to join forces with him to recover Ramoth-Gilead. Will you go with me to Ramoth-Gilead? King Ahab of Israel asked King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Jehoshaphat replied, Why, of course, you and I are as one, and my troops are your troops. We will certainly join you in battle. Then Jehoshaphat added, But first, let's find out what the Lord says. So the king of Israel summoned the prophets, four hundred of them, and asked them, Should we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes, go right ahead, God will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, there is one more man who can consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Jehoshaphat replied, That is not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Quick, bring Micaiah, son of Imlah. King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on the thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of them. One of them, Zedekiah son of Kenaniah, made some iron horns and proclaimed, This is what the Lord says, With these horns you will gore the Arameans to death. All the other prophets agreed, Yes, they said, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him, Look, 
All the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. But Micaiah replied, As surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what my God says. When Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or should I hold back? Micaiah replied sarcastically, Yes, go up and be victorious, for you will have victory over them. But the king replied sharply, How many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Then Micaiah told him, In a vision I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, Their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you? The king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat, He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Then Maacah continued, Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on the throne with all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who can entice King Ahab of Israel to go to battle against Ramoth-Gilead so he can be killed? There were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this? the Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Then Zedekiah, son of Kenea, walked up to Maacah and slapped him across the face. Since when did the spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you? He demanded. And Maacah replied, You will find out soon enough when you are trying to hide in some secret room. Arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to my son Joash. Give them this order from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from battle. But Maacah replied, If you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around, Everyone mark my words. So King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah led their armies against Ramoth-Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, As we go into battle, I will disguise myself so no one will recognize me, but you will wear royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. Meanwhile, the king of Aram had issued these orders to his chariot commanders, Attack only the king of Israel. Don't bother with anyone else. So the Aramean chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat in his royal robes. They went after him. There is the king of Israel, they shouted. But Jehoshaphat called out, and the Lord saved him. God helped him by turning the attackers away from him. As soon as the chariot commanders realized he was not the king of Israel, they stopped chasing him. The Aramean soldiers, however, randomly shot an arrow at the Israelite troops and hit the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. Turn the horses and get me out of here, Ahab groaned to the driver of the chariot. I am badly wounded. The battle raged all day, and the king of Israel propped himself in his chariot facing the Arameans. In the evening, just as the sun was setting, he died. Second Chronicles 19 When King Jehoshaphat of Judah arrived safely home in Jerusalem, Jehu, son of Hanani, went out to meet him. Why should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? He asked the king. Because of what you have done, the Lord is very angry with you. 
Even so, there is some good in you, for you have removed the Asherah poles throughout the land, and you have committed yourself to seeking God. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, but he went out among the people, traveling from Beersheba in the hill country of Ephraim, encouraging the people to return to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. He appointed judges throughout the nations in all the fortified towns, and he said to them, Always think carefully before pronouncing judgment. Remember that you do not judge to please people, but to please the Lord. He will be with you when you render the verdict in each case. Fear the Lord and judge with integrity, for the Lord our God does not tolerate perverted justice, partiality, or the taking of bribes. In Jerusalem, Jehoshaphat appointed some of the Levites and priests and clan leaders in Israel to serve as judges for cases involving the Lord's regulations and for civil disputes. These were his instructions to them. You must always act in the fear of the Lord, with faithfulness and an undivided heart. Whenever a case comes to you from fellow citizens in an outlying town, whether a murder case or some other violation of God's laws, commands, decrees, or regulations, you must warn them not to sin against the Lord, so that he will not be angry with you and them. Do this, and you will not be guilty. Amariah, the high priest, will have final say in all cases involving the Lord. Zebediah, son of Ishmael, a leader from the tribe of Judah, will have final say in all civil cases. The Levites will assist you in making sure that justice is served. Take courage as you fulfill your duties, and may the Lord be with those who do what is right. Scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll see Judah stumbles.